Hey, 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 you have come to the right place. This is the Ridley Speaks Podcast. I want to thank all of you returning listeners, like I always do. Thank you for your support. And if this is your first time listening to the Ridley Speaks Podcast, thank you very much for giving me the opportunity to speak to you through this podcast. Remember, you can find the Ridley Speaks Podcast on Google, Chrome, Podbean, Amazon Music, Pandora, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Deezer, and more. Also, check out the Ridley Speaks on YouTube channel. You can also find me on Instagram at Ridley Speaks. That is my handle. So today, I'm going to get into a different subject than what I would normally get into. And we're going to talk about race. We're going to talk about race, racism, generational racism, and a lot of other topics, but it's not how you probably think, but you got to stay tuned to hear more. So let's get to it. Thank you and welcome back to the Ridley Speaks podcast. I am your host, of course, Carlos Ridley. So it's been a while since I've put out a podcast and some of it was to kind of refresh, regenerate, look at what's been going on uh, in the world as it relates to positivity. As you all know, this year is devoted to positivity from the Ridley Speaks podcast. Really want to tackle negative things in our lives and change those to positive outcomes. So you might say, hey, you're you're talking about positivity all the time and positive this and positive that. And that's just not realistic. It's just not realistic, Carlos, because there's always negative stuff. Okay. There's always negative stuff and it's hard to be positive when there's always negative things going on, you know, whether they're going around individual and going around the country, the world, communities, et cetera, et cetera. And I would agree with that point of thinking that there's always negativity and it's hard to stay positive all the time because of certain circumstances. But where I differ in that is that I look at negativity is only as much as you make it be. Okay. And we look at a lot of things in our, in our world, in our country, and we automatically wake up in the morning with negativity. Let me give you an example. I wake up, maybe I slept wrong on my back or my neck or my arm and I wake up and I'm like, oh man, my back hurts and oh God, this feels, I'm already negative before I even get out of the bed, right? Maybe you've, maybe you've done that um, in your lifetime. Maybe it was this morning or maybe it's, I go to the job every day and I hate it. So, well, if you already hate your job, you're being negative. And so From that standpoint, I could see where, hey, it's hard to be, quote unquote, positive all the time if we always have these things that we're dealing with. 
and they just start from the beginning, from when we get up to if we go to a job that we don't like. I get that, but it's still a state of mind. It's still you are putting yourself into that state of mind of being negative versus being positive. Because I could easily say I hate my job, but I'm fortunate and glad that I actually have a job, right? That would be the difference between being negative about hating the job and actually having a job because there's a lot of people without jobs, right? Or pain because of the way I was sleeping at night and I wake up in the morning and now I'm grumpy and I'm kind of negative versus, hey, at least I woke up because there are a lot of people that don't wake up the night before sleeping and then the next morning don't wake up and they're forever gone. So it's all how you make your mindset. And the reason why I'm starting off with that is we are in a climate right now where race is at the forefront. And I think, you know, don't I don't think it's something that we should shy away from. I don't think it's something that we should make a point to avoid. I think it's uncomfortable for people because people always shy away and it's uncomfortable. But what if we just take that being of uncomfortable about race and just dive into it and be open and be honest and have some empathy and some integrity because this world and this country has seen racism since the beginning of time. So let me kind of reel this in, okay? And let me make this perfectly clear to my listeners who I love you very much. Things that I might say, you might not agree with, and that's fine. This show isn't about, hey, agree with everything I say. But it is about listening comprehending, taking what I say and either agreeing but listening or still listening, not agreeing, and hey, let's just agree to disagree. And that's fine. The last thing I want is a bunch of yesums, right? Nobody wants that. But I do want to be authentic in the way I see the world as it relates to race. This is only coming from me. These are my thoughts, my thoughts alone. Some people might agree with me. Some might disagree. Some might agree uh, to the rooftops. Some might disagree and decide, hey, I don't like this dude. I don't like what he says and I'm not listening to his crap anymore. And that's fine too. We're not holding anyone hostage to the Ridley Speaks podcast, but I'm going to keep it real. I'm going to keep it 100 as I see it. And um, that's the only way I know how to do. So let's just kind of think about this for a second. Okay. The United States of America, obviously um, I did not grow up in the sixties. I didn't grow up in the fifties. I didn't grow up in the forties. Obviously I didn't grow up in the twenties, the beginning of the century. I didn't grow up in that era. But my mom, my uncles and aunts, my grandparents, my great-grandparents, their siblings, their their parents, so on and so forth, grew up in this country, right? And it was different for them than it is for me. They paid certain prices 
for being a certain pigmentation of color back then that I don't necessarily deal with now in 2021. That's not to say that there isn't any racism or racist people. All I'm saying in that, in this particular conversation right here, right now, is that what my mom, my uncles, my grandparents, and my great-grandparents had to deal with during their lifetime before me is totally different than what I potentially have to go through or go through today. April 20th, 2021. As a quote unquote black man in America. Now, I'm of the thought that there are a lot of people, generationally, there are a lot of people in my generation and newer that feel like they are in the 50s and 60s and 40s where there's always this call to racism or systematic racism is a big word used now um, where they're looking out into the world or into the country and they feel like it's the 1950s. Now, we're free. This is a free country. People can think and feel how they want to. That's their prerogative. It's their right. If that's their truth, then that's their truths. I don't feel that way. I don't feel like every time something bad happens, that that is a racist action or that some quote unquote white supremacy. Now, we talked late last year and early this year. Obviously, we know things that happened during the elections. We know the incidences that happened the beginning of the year at the Capitol, uh, how they were labeled, who were the people that were actually there versus who was not there versus was it spurned on, um, you know, this, that, and other. We know the situation and we know all the speaking points. But just because someone who is a different quote unquote pigmentation to you, maybe a lighter pigmentation to you, and they subscribe to certain theories or actions doesn't make them a racist. Just like if I'm walking down the street at night and someone sees me and calls me a thug because of my pigmentation doesn't make me a thug. Now, I could be. You don't know. But I think where we fall into the situation where we start making assumptions is like the finger pointing. And if you point fingers, then ultimately you're part of the problem. And that doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what color you are. If you're a finger pointer, you're part of the problem. And that's why a lot of these problems continue to grow and grow and grow. And it's not just finger pointing, but it's also 
making excuses for certain actions. And I'm not going to get too deep into the police shootings, police brutality, but I do want to pull out something just to show some perspective and paint a picture for you. And when I say paint a picture for you, I'm not just talking to white people or just black people or just Asian people or just Hispanic people or any other peoples out there. Okay. I just want people to listen to what I'm about to say. And if you start getting that heat, like I'm about to get pissed off, just hold off for a second. Listen all the way through, listen all the way through before you blow a gasket. Okay. Cause that's not what I want you to do, but I do would love for you to listen and hear clearly to what I'm about to say. We continue to see social media and the news that there are black men being shot by white cops that automatically becomes racist police. Automatically, right? The media, black America, politically, and I'm not here to say that that is not true or untrue or if it is, but here's, here's where I'm getting at. I don't feel like when there is a shooting from a white police officer and the quote unquote suspect is black, that is automatically racism. What I feel is a system that was built on racism has permeated and continued to go on where certain types of people, mostly of color, are treated a certain way based on the training that police officers get. And these police officers, not all police officers are white. They come in all colors, shapes, and sizes. And I know this because my son used to be a cop. And I know that the training he received kind of raised an eyebrow to me. And he is not a racist. But the training he received, based off the things that he was saying, that how they kind of work logistically in terms of who the bad guys are, led me to believe that it's focused on a certain type of person. And that certain type of person is not white. Okay. Now you can agree to disagree. Tell me, I don't know what I'm talking about, but that is firsthand knowledge of seeing a program and how people, in this case, my son reacted to certain situations where there were certain people involved in them. So, If that is the type of training that goes on and everyone gets similar type of training as it relates to quote unquote suspects, then it's not so far fetched that someone who is white and is a police officer getting the same training is going to look at the same type of people in this example, people of color, a certain way, regardless if they're a racist or not. Because see, 
In this example, it's more of the power that a certain person has because they have a badge and a gun. And that power gives them access to treating people a certain way. And in this example, it is people of color in a certain way. Now, before someone blows a gasket, when bad people do bad things, they should they should be dealt with. Okay. And depending on the severity of what they are doing, it should be dealt with. Okay. If you rob a liquor store, you should go to jail. If you rob a liquor store and you're shooting at police that are on the scene, you're probably going to get shot. And it doesn't matter what color you are. It shouldn't. Okay. But I think what we're seeing is that people of a certain color majority of the time are not getting that quote unquote benefit of the doubt where it is a shoot first mentality versus someone that is white will get more of wait, let's take a step back. Let's let's talk this through. Now, I'm not speaking with stats. I'm not speaking with figures. I'm just speaking from the eye test and being someone of color. Okay. Someone being of color and looking at the eye test. James Blake. Um, just a lot of people that in the news that we've just seen recently, uh, shot, killed or, and, or, you know, the Floyd murder where, you know, he's being suppressed with a knee to his neck and he can't breathe. And then it's, well, he was on drugs and he was a drug and all this stuff, right? Those are the excuses I'm talking about. It's like, When something happens and then the first response is, well, he shouldn't have been doing X or he was doing this, like that is a justification for being killed or murdered by a cop. That's where you're going to get the loudest noise from the community. And then when the community has the noise and then the media soon to follow. And then the politicians soon to follow. And it's not that, hey, some of these guys that are that have been killed by cops were not your choir boys, for lack of a better term. But just because you're not a choir boy doesn't mean that your life should be ended when you're not doing anything to a police officer, i.e. George Floyd. So this is where race comes into play because it seems or the appearance to quote unquote the black community is that there isn't empathy for people that are killed, quote unquote, for no reason. And it's my opinion that he was killed for no reason. Not a choir boy, not a choir boy, but still has rights to live. 
based on <laughs> him already being handcuffed in a cop car, pulled out, and he doesn't survive that. And there is a sense of the country that is like, well, he deserved it. Or, well, the they said he was on drugs. No, it's like, where is, if that was your child or your family member, you, you wouldn't be speaking like that. But because of the color, that automatically puts it in a different mode for you. And it's all about the lens. It's all about the lens. So when we're making excuses or trying to come up with everything about, you know, who this person is and what he was doing and how many times he's been arrested and all this different stuff, no gun, no weapons, no knives, but he's, but he's dead. So those are the type of things that kind of create controversy when people are making excuses or adding to the, well, what about, well, what about, and then there's no empathy. So if there's no empathy, that just infuriates. In this example, the black community. And then that's where you start getting all the finger pointing and all the media, all the politicians. So you might say, hey, well, Carlos, it's not my fault. I, I'm not to blame. Well, maybe not. But what about the person next to you? What about the person next to them? What about your friends? Right? Are we so scared to call them out when they make those claims? Hey, well, you know, before you start going to what this person did or what his background was, where is the empathy for, man, I feel sorry for his or her child or the wife or the husband or, or whoever they're with that don't have them anymore. We automatically go to, well, he was, <laughs> yeah, he was bad and blah, blah, blah. And there's no empathy. There's no care. It's automatic. Deserving of being shot or killed in some, some kind of way, as if that is justification for it. And I don't believe it is. I don't believe it is. Now, on the flip side, so I want to be fair in this, okay? And this is not a declaration of anything, but this is coming from someone who is, quote unquote, in this black community that we always speak of, right? Because of the pigmentation of my skin, I'm automatically put into a community. So is everyone else, regardless if you're white, black, Asian, Hispanic, Whatever. There are a lot of black folks in this country that have been oppressed, have been spit on, have been insulted, have been fire hosed, have been sexually assaulted, have been beaten. have been made to feel like less than a person in this country. And I started this episode out with giving you some examples of that. 
right? That'll be, you know, my, my parents, my grandparents, my uncles, uncles, aunts and uncles, their generation of people, right? Those are the ones that were for me. Okay. I grew up, I was born in the seventies. Okay. And a lot of what happened prior to that 20, 30, 40, 50, 60 years, just unspeakable in a civilized world or a civilized country. But what really sets me off is those individuals in the quote unquote black community that have never seen anything like that in their lifetime. Have never been pulled out of a store just because they were black or have to drink at a colored water fountain or have to sit in the back of the bus or had to walk on the street when a white person walked by or killed for allegedly bumping into a white woman. See, that's where my frustration starts. It's the people that think that they're being so suppressed by quote unquote white people or systematic racism. And they sit in big houses, drive nice, fancy cars, have, you know, corporate, you know, corporate jobs, VPs of this, presidents of that. Athletes, entertainers. And I'm not saying that same category of people haven't witnessed racism or bigotry in their lifetime. But what I am saying is the severity in which you speak or yell and scream about racism as if this was the 50s and the 40s and the 60s. It's just lazy, man. It's lazy. And you can diss me, hate me if you want to. But I'm gonna keep it, I'm gonna keep it real. I've never been spit on and called the N-word by anybody. I've never have had police just drag me out somewhere and beat me in broad daylight in front of all kinds of people. I've never been water hosed. I've never been attacked by a dog. I've never had nonchalant white dudes with cigarettes rolled up in their t-shirt sleeves and calling me boy or jigaboo or monkey or anything like that. I've never had to go drink at a colored water fountain. I've never had to sit at the back of the bus if I didn't want to. I've never, ever had the things that my parents, grandparents and great grandparents, what they went through. I've never had to endure that. And you know why? Because they endured it for me. So I'm grateful for 
not having to go through that. But it just irritates me a lot. We have people who are so far removed from like the real, real, real deal of racism and how it was in this country that they sit back with their feet up on the couch and the 50, 75 inch screen TVs and the Rolls Royces and the Mercedes Benz. And they want to be the first ones to scream out racism. And I haven't seen a bit of it. Those people. Yeah, I'm, I'm talking to you types of people. Don't know a bit about sacrifice, racism, bigotry, or systematic racism. And every time you spell or spill that out and yell it from the rooftops, it lessens what my parents, my great-grandparents, and my great-great-grandparents went through. When you couldn't vote. My experiences alone are my experiences and I can't speak for anyone else. And for those of you that have had experiences where racism was prevalent and it affected you, this conversation is not about you. Okay, I'm not trying to lessen anybody's experience in terms of racism, race or anything like that. But I am talking to those people who don't have a clue. I'm I'm specifically talking to them. So I want to be fair. And I am on the part where. White people. Some, not all want to make excuses every time somebody is shot by a cop and it's then it's the whole blue lives matter and blah, blah, blah. And yeah. Okay. But it's like, as soon as it happens, that's the first thing you run to. I got an issue with that. And I don't care what party you're with. I don't care if Republican or Democrat, that kind of stuff ticks me off because it's the immediate judgment of a person and not and no empathy for them. And on the same side, it's okay if that person is, you know, shot or killed or whatever, harmed by a cop and they're white and the person's black or of color, doesn't make them racist. Doesn't make them a racist. But some people, not all, want to point fingers and make it so. And I got an issue with that. I also have issues with people making these large, big declarations about what is racism, what is, and they're not doing anything about it. All they're doing is standing in the backseat in the background, pointing fingers, making all this noise. And what are you doing about it? If you are so lit about police brutality Racism, systematic racism, whatever it is, what are you doing about it? Let me ask that one more time. What are you doing about it? Well, I was protesting. Okay, good. So you're protesting. What what else? Because it's not just about the protesting. If you want things to change, then you have to be 
a change agent. You have to get out in the forefront and make things happen. But too many times, it's a bunch of talk because I really feel if people that talk so much did something about it, that things would change. But we live in the society of a bunch of talk and no action. And for you Blue Lives Matters type folks, I'm just using that as an example. Check yourself. Look in the mirror. Check yourself for for real. Because you say Blue Lives Matter, and for a lot of you, that's just rhetoric to hide who you really are. But you're not really hiding because we know what that means. For some, not all. Last thing is when we talk about racism, racism is not something that you're born with, right? It's not something that's innate. That is something that is taught. And so if you are, and we know if you, you know if you're racist or not, okay? And I don't care what color of skin you have because you can be black and be a racist just as much as you can be white and be a racist. You can be Asian and be a racist and you can be Hispanic and be a racist. That's real. That's 100. And you know if you are or not. There's a lot of people like, well, I don't know if I am. Uh, you know. But that's okay. But my example of this is, and again, I said, you're not born a racist. People aren't born racist. They're taught to be racist. And that's where this portion of the conversation goes. Again, my mom grew up in the 60s, okay? She was born in the 50s, grew up in the 60s, 70s. So she had firsthand experience of what true hardcore racism looked like, okay? And by all means, had every right to teach me to not trust white people, not to like white people, not to be around white people. And I was thinking about this the other day. My mom never once in my childhood, in my life, ever said anything negative about a white person. Ever. Now, she might have thought things, but it was never handed down to me. I was never handed the papers of hate when it would be so easy to do. So what I'm getting at is you take this woman born in the 50s, raised in the 50s and 60s in this country, in the South, for crying out loud. who probably had a thought of certain people had a child and could easily teach them hate. Didn't. 
Not one bit. So here I am, the son of someone who grew up in the Jim Crow and be easily for me to hate based on my upbringing. But that's not the case. My mom loves everybody, loved everybody, is a pillar of hospitality, caring and love regardless of who you are, what you look like, what your color is. Now, if you mess with the wrong way, she'll jack you up. She would jack you up. Trust me, I know. But I sit here not being given the playbook on hate, but the playbook on love, regardless of what you look like, what color you are, who you are. And I pass that on to the next generation. Now, I'll be the first to tell you that there have been times when I have been treated a certain way or not given certain opportunities because of the color of my skin. But that's fine with me because if you don't want me, I don't want you. Whether that's in, you know, the professional career, relationships, whatever it is. And that's the way I pass it down to my generation and hopefully to their generation. Because if you breed hate, hate will continue. And what is hate? It's negative. Now, some will hear this and be like, I'll do what I want to do. I'll teach my you know, kids and creating kids how I want to teach them. And you're right. That's your prerogative. That's your, that's your right. But if you continue to preach and groom people in hate, then we'll always have hate. And it doesn't matter who you are, what color you are. That will just be the continued norm. But I refuse to live in that world. It can be all around me, but I'm not going to live in it. And none of us should. None of us should be satisfied with a hateful world. None of us should be satisfied, satisfied with greed, pointing fingers, abuse. None of us should be satisfied with police officers killing people for no reason. That shouldn't be something that is okay in the norm, regardless of what color you are. None of us should be satisfied with finger pointing. None of us should be satisfied with people trying to incite negative activity. None of us should be satisfied with anything other than positivity. And if you're not a fan of positivity, again, then you're just part of the problem. And if you're part of the problem, then don't point fingers and make excuses and scream from the rooftops that things aren't getting better because they're not getting better because you are part of the problem. 
And that is not for any one specific type of people or human being. That's for everyone. White, black, green, blue, yellow, orange, I don't care. If you're not willing to cut all the crap out as it relates to race, racism, systematic racism, etc., then you're part of the problem. There's so much more that I want to speak on this topic. <laughs> so much more. But there's only so much time in a day. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to continue to have a conversation. This would be kind of the blueprint or the foundation of future conversations as it relates to race. Because I do want to get into more uh, more current things as it relates to business, as it relates to just uh, culture. Because the more we speak about it, the possibility of having more breakthroughs is great. And that's really what I want to do. I want to have breakthroughs. I want people to be able to hear, to listen, to comprehend, and then to speak. And to speak without the fear of being rejected, slandered, uh, jumped on, or anything like that. Because look, this is not, again, this is not a feel-good type of conversation. And I know I'll get some type of backlash one way or another because I'm speaking in a certain way, but I don't care because I'm not afraid. And this is my show. So that is all the time I have today on this episode of Ridley Speaks. Thank you very much for taking the time to listen to me. I want to thank everyone again for listening all over the world. Thank you for the support. Thank you for taking the time. And we will have another episode soon on this topic of race. So, like a thief in the night, I'm out. <laughs> <laughs>